Welcome back to the 49ers You've Got Mail podcast presented by Manscaped. This week, I am joined by Jennifer Lee Chan, reporter for NBC Sports Bay Area. Very familiar with this team. Uh, She knows this front office. She knows this locker room really well. And I feel like she has a good grasp on what the 49ers are kind of dealing with right now. But Jen, before we get into the 49ers, how are you? How are things in your world? They're good. I'm excited to go to Chicago. It's one of my favorite cities. So that'll be fun this weekend. Yeah. And I think it's just the right time where it's to get a little bit of fall feel, but not too cold. Mm -hmm. We're freezing to death on the field. So I think it'll be fun. Great city. And we get a little Halloween trip. Yeah. I I feel like for the last couple of years, I'm trying to remember what we did in 2019. 2019 was a weird year, but I remember, or 2020 was a weird year, but 2019, I think that was the the game we were in Arizona for that. Halloween treat that we all got to see there. Uh, But it seems like 49ers tend to be on the road this time of year. But uh, nonetheless, I was speaking with your coworker, uh, voice of the 49ers, Greg Papa, and he said he's actually disappointed in the weather in Chicago this week. He said he wants it colder. This is too warm. It's too, his words, too hot for Chicago. (laughs) Now, listen, I don't want to, if this is not about me, um, I am not on that field. I am not taking any down, taking any snaps. Uh, but personally, I would prefer it to be a smidge warmer. Um, <laughs> but I guess it's pretty good football weather, right? I mean, we had really crazy weather last week. So can we have a little bit yeah. of a break? I mean, like cold, exactly. but not like freezing. I'm good with it. I'm happy to have a little bit of change, you know, a little bit of the seasons, but we don't need to have craziness. I don't need snow yet. I think we're good. I- Totally agree with that. Speaking of that monsoon of a game, not necessarily what we saw on the field because we have enough that we will cover with that one. But have you ever been a part of a game that that just poured the way that this one did? Well, remember in was it 2019 Washington D.C. D.C. game? Oh, yes. So that one was a crazy one where guys were sliding across the field and that field was just in awful condition. So there was that one, uh, that one was really crazy. And then Baltimore was pouring rain as well. So Mm -hmm. those two rain games, uh, those are pretty crazy. Not as windy as what we saw at Levi's, but definitely rainy. I remember being underneath, uh, 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 an umbrella for our, pregame show with uh with Matt Mayoko and I was like oh our feet are soaked through and so it was just squishy and the where they had us in the corner of the field was like there was standing water so it was yeah. I mean, at least we didn't have that at Levi's but it was much windier there than it was at the other two places 100% and I I remember kind of looking on Twitter and I saw some people talking about, Oh my gosh, the field, like, and they were kind of criticizing. And I go back to that Washington game. And when I tell you it was a muddy mess, I've never witnessed um, a game like that, I guess, firsthand being there. But I feel like for the most part, given the conditions, uh, Levi stadium was a drastic, uh, difference than what we saw back in 2019 in DC, but, um, jumping kind of into the 49ers and what they're dealing with. They're having a tough go right now. Um, dropping four straight, not something that if you would have talked to, I think any of us, um, at the beginning of the season, we would have ever thought we would have seen the 49ers sitting where they are right now, uh, with their record dropping four straight games, Uh, But what do you make of these last few weeks? I mean, going back to 
where things started changing in week three, that Green Bay game was a winnable game for the 49ers besides 37 seconds left in the game and Aaron Rodgers doing Aaron Rodgers things. And then you have Seattle where they dominated in the stat sheets. And then you have Arizona and you're being able to match up with one of the best offenses in the league. And then last week, I don't know if we want to blame the elements or maybe just something wasn't clicking for this 49ers team, which we'll get into in a bit. But how do you kind of assess what we've seen over these last few weeks? You know, it shows that they have the ability to win games, but they just can't finish. I mean, all of these games were one score games, you know, minus the the Colts game. But, you know, it was within range for so long. All these games were very close, really. When you look at the stats, when you look at, you know, could they have come back? They could have. But it's taking it to that next level. And I think what it is about this team, and while it's not super young, it's it's a lot of players that don't have a whole lot of experience winning games. And I, you know, they talk about that championship mentality. There's a lot of players that are here from 2019, but there's also a lot of players that aren't, it's a different team. And, you know, I think part of the fan angst about everything is they think that 2019, the Super Bowl was only two years ago, Mm -hmm. which is true. It's not that long, but it's so hard to win in the NFL. And you do have so many different players now than you did then. I think you look at especially guys like Emmanuel Sanders, who made such a huge difference with the wide receiver room. They don't have that lead guy. Debo's playing great, but he's not Emmanuel Sanders, who is mature and has tons of experience. And, you know, I mean, he changed that wide receiver room and to have that element as one of your top skill players makes a huge difference. And, you know, you've got uh, a lot of less experience in a lot of other positions as well. So while it's, you know, I think the expectations are so high, which makes people get angry with, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo making mistakes, maybe Kyle Shanahan not making the best calls. So there's way more angst amongst the fan base than I think there would have been a while back. Now, when remember when Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch took over, same thing, right? They were so close in so many games that everybody was so yeah. patient. And right. this now, now, no one has any patience, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. Yeah, it's true. It's totally true. Um, but I guess a lot of that does come with being two years removed from being in the Super Bowl. And then you consider 2020 and the number of injuries that the team just had to deal with. Uh, so you kind of write that year off. But I think a lot of people expected this team to be able to pick up where they left off in 2019. And you make a fantastic point that a lot of these guys are young. A lot of them don't have that winning experience. Um, and one thing that really stands out to me is that you're missing a lot of those veteran leaders that you had in 2019. There's no longer that Joe Staley. There's no longer Richard Sherman, um, Emmanuel Sanders. Some of these guys that have been in the league for a while that have kind of gone through the ebbs and flows, the guys that know how to win, guys that have been to a championship game. So I, I that's one thing that also stands out when I look at this 49ers team right now. And it's a lot of young guys that are figuring it out. And yes, Debo's been here now going into his third season and and he's taking steps forward. But I, it's, it's so tough because you he's doing so well. But it, it, I feel like this team is trying to, for lack of a better term, but they're trying to catch up and get to where they're trying to be. But they're just missing uh, a lot of that veteran leadership, not to take anything away from the leaders that are on the team, 
um, mm-hmm. a person. That and then let's not forget, you know, one of the top players on the team has been in, has been on IR, George Kittle. Just, so, I mean, that's a huge key to the offense. Yeah, a- absolutely. And I, I mean, how did things change when he comes back? Kyle Shanahan uh, did talk to the media. He's hopeful that he does return ahead of week nine. Um, also another name, Dre Greenlaw, you're getting some of these guys back, but, um, it'll be interesting to see how this team, uh, is able to bounce back and maybe hopefully find their groove, um, going into week eight of the season. But when we look at these last four games, I feel like there's been a number of areas of improvement that this team can focus on. Um, you look at the penalties, you look at, uh, their third downs, how they've been able to convert on about 30% of third downs. And it's in the bottom quarter of the league uh, where they're at right now. But I I could kind of go on with that. But looking at just kind of the areas that this team has been struggling with, what strikes you as the most concerning? The inability to rely on the running game. That's what their key was in 2019 and the fact that they have been inconsistent in it. They've been able to do it. So, you know, they have the potential when Elijah Mitchell ran all the way down the field in that first series versus the Colts. You're like, okay, they've got it back. They've got it. They know what they're doing. And then they go three and out in like uh, so many times that you can't even count. And then you're like, oh, maybe they don't have it. Yeah. So, you know, Kyle Shanahan talked about all, it's the little things that make those plays work. And when they're firing and it's it's scripted and I think they know what's coming, I think they do so much better. But then when they get into the second series or the third, it doesn't seem like they're not that they're not as prepared. Maybe it's they're not as mentally prepared. It just doesn't seem like it's all cylinders firing at the same time, or maybe, you know, I don't know what it is, but they get past that first scripted section Mm -hmm. and they're unable to keep the focus in and have attention to detail and do every little thing. And you know, it can be, it it can be cutting a route short a foot. It can be, you know, someone missing a block or not holding a block long enough so that Jimmy has enough time or whoever's back there has enough time to get to where they're supposed to be. Maybe someone misses a block on the offensive line. It's just all those little things. And you realize when with Kyle Shanahan, he's such a technician with the offense that those little things, Mm -hmm. everything working together, he says a lot of times 75 yard touchdown. But when Mm -hmm. those things don't click and don't work, it's, they can be at a standstill, which we saw in several series versus the Colts where they weren't three and out countless times. I, I go back as you were saying it, I go back to this team starting off so fast and so hot and you're like, all right, this is it. They're finding their groove because I think we saw that on Sunday and we've seen it in previous weeks too. And I I feel like you're spot on with at least what I've been able to see and what many of us have been able to see is that once you go beyond that script, that's when things kind of, you're like, okay, hey, what happened? Things were working you know, those first couple of drives and now what's going on. But one thing you brought up, you know, guys being able to hold their blocks and, um, you know, being able to sustain these drives and not be stagnant. But one thing that's also been kind of shooting this team in the foot is they've been getting in their own way with penalties. And this isn't just, you know, offensive holding penalties, but we're seeing these pass interference penalties. Uh, So now I think it's the perfect time to throw in a question. I have Richard Love from Sacramento. 
He said it appears that at least the the last three games appear to be from those losses appear to be from penalties because of pass interference type of plays. What is being done to stop this from continuing? How is the team looking to rectify this? Well, thankfully, Kyle Shanahan talked about that on Wednesday, talking about how they're going to do different drills. They're not going to work on footwork with the secondary. They are going to work on tossing balls up in the air, making sure they're tracking it the right way, and making sure they're not creating those defensive pass interference penalties. And I think that he also explained how, okay, if you get beat, you kind of have to do it. Like, it is the last resort. But if you're beat, like Jaquaski Tart was on that one play, kind of had to do it. Otherwise it's a touchdown. So you either take the penalty, stop the touchdown, give the guys a chance, which has happened. The defense Mm -hmm. has done well. So it's either that, but you also, they need to get their bodies in the right position. They need to turn around and look for the ball, but they also, that means they have to be in the right place at the right time to be able to do that. So it's, it's technique. And at least he, I I think, you know, is addressing it. They're going to work on it I would guess a lot this week and I think they're going to focus on it as well when they do one-on-ones on Thursdays obviously we don't get to watch that unfortunately but uh I can see that being a point of emphasis all week Manscaped is the official below the waist grooming partner of the 49ers try Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping with code 49ers at manscaped.com that's code 49ers for 20% off at manscaped.com yeah absolutely um I mean I I get a lot of these questions where people are just like why do they keep doing this they need to do this and and in the grand scheme of things, of course, the team doesn't want all of these penalties. And of course, you know, perfecting, you know, the game and perfecting their game plan is what the team is ultimately trying to do. But I, I love the fact that you brought up uh, what Kyle said about some of these penalties in particular, uh, that Jaquaski tart uh, pass interference play, where basically if he doesn't create that penalty, that's a touchdown. And so, in doing that, in those situations, you know, you're giving your defense an opportunity. Yes, you're giving up some yards and yes, a fresh set of downs here, but you're giving your defense an opportunity to try to stop them rather than giving them the go ahead touchdown. So I'm glad you brought that up. But now I want to jump to the other side of the ball. Uh, we got to talk about the news that continues to swirl around this 49ers team ever since they jumped up nine spots in the draft. Um <laughs> This quarterback dynamic. So we learned back on Monday that Jimmy is the 49ers guy going into week eight against the Bears. Meanwhile, Trey Lance, he made his return to practice on Wednesday in a limited fashion. He's coming off of that injury. But looking back at what we've learned from Kyle, how do you see the 49ers proceeding heading into Sunday? I think it's honestly Jimmy Garoppolo's job. And while that makes a ton of a a certain side of the fan base very upset, Mm -hmm. I think it's the best thing at this point. Trey Lance didn't practice for two weeks. He is limited. He was limited on Wednesday. I have a feeling it's going to be limited on Thursday as well. They're just going to be careful with him. You spent that much in the draft on him. The last thing you want to do is when he's got an injury is to throw him back out there and have him re-aggravate it and make it worse. I mean, so let's all think about the fact that this is an investment. Yes, you want to win, but also let's not, I mean, he's already injured. Let's not throw him out there and have him be subject to potential worse injuries because he's not quite right. 
So I think that, you know, Jimmy Grapple is healthier at this point. I think everybody's dinged up at this point in the season, but Jimmy's healthier. He also has more command of the offense. He has more experience. Yes, he had a horrible game against the Colts, but really it's even admitted. Yes. (laughs) The worst game that he's seen from Jimmy Garoppolo, but the damage it could do to Trey Lance, not just in the fact that he's a rookie in a full speed game that hasn't, and he hasn't played that much recently, but he's also not a hundred percent. So you don't want to put a lame duck out there either. Granted, Mm -hmm. I I get it. I get the excitement that everybody wants to see Trey Lance. You're going to see him. If you're an understand, <laughs> you're not going to change your team. You are going to see this quarterback play. It might not be as much this year, but he's going to play. He's not going anywhere. He is going yeah. to play. He is going to win a ton of games for the 49ers at, you know, as he spends his career here. But let's have a little patience. He is <laughs> young. He is new. He is did not play a lot last year. Mm-hmm. I get the excitement, but I got accused on social media of being a Jimmy Garoppolo lover and that I should get to know Trey Lance. I get it. I like both of them, but really the best person for the job right now in week eight is Jimmy Garoppolo. 100%. (laughs) That was a fantastic way of explaining that. Um, Kyle said, he said, Trey Lance is the future. He will at some point, uh, be the face of the franchise. He will be the one under Sittner leading this team. But at this exact moment, Jimmy Garoppolo gives the 49ers the best chance to win, not only because of ex- his experience, but also health-wise. You do not want to throw Trey out there just to throw him out there uh, and re-aggravate or anything could happen, especially coming off of that injury. But speaking of injuries, Jennifer, I've gotten a ton of questions. A lot of people really concerned with what's going on with the 49ers, guys that are coming back from injury. Um, so since we're on offense, I'll stick with this one. Uh, we got a question from Colin Taylor out in the UK listening to the You Got Mail podcast. So appreciate you listening. But he said Jalen Moore seemed to play well on Sunday night, but no one can really replace Trent Williams, which I believe is very accurate. So he wants yes. to know, can we expect Trent Williams back this week? I think there's still question marks surrounding this. I don't think that uh, myself or Jennifer have this exact answer, but from what you've learned from Kyle Shanahan this week, what's your thoughts on this Trent Williams situation? I think it really depends on Thursday and Friday. So if Thursday he's limited, I would say that's trending towards him playing on Sunday. The fact that he didn't practice on Wednesday, makes me a little more nervous that he's not going to be ready for Sunday. But I would bet that he travels with the team just in case he feels good enough to be able to play. I think they'll always leave that option open for him because he is such a huge difference maker on the offensive line. Uh, I also, again, if he's not 100%, do you maybe hold him back this week when it's a game Mm -hmm. that's not against a team that's, you know, a a team that you really need him. Yes, you always need him, but you know, the bears have not been the best. Khalil Mack might not be playing. So if that is the case, let Trent Williams heal up and be ready for the next week. So that's a possibility, but it just depends on how things go the rest of the week. And I think we'll know by how his participation practice is. Yeah. Uh, And just a little back information on that. Uh, Trent Williams, he was originally dealing with that elbow injury. And then in week five against the Cardinals, 
uh, was dealing with a little bit of an ankle injury after the bye came back on Monday and re-aggravated that a little bit. So missed last week and uh, still question marks surrounding his availability. I know Kyle Shanahan said uh, to some extent last week that if Trent can go, he will go. And that's why he was ruled as doubtful, not out last week. So there was always still that potential. I think it's going to be the same thing this week. Uh, like Jennifer said, I think he's going to travel with the team and he'll have that option depending on how he feels. So I think we'll all be on standby waiting to get the news on Trent and especially uh, some positive news if he does uh, return to practice in some capacity this week. Leonard Medina wants to know, what's the injury update on D? Ford. D Ford has concussion. He's in the protocol along with Aziz Al Shire. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of depends how they test out this week. Uh, hopefully it would be they pass. There's been some players who bounce back very quickly, and there's some players where concussion lingers. I've had yeah. one, they're no fun. And I've also spoken to athletes who have gotten them where they have lasted, the effects have lasted for months. So it just kind of depends on how their brain responds and heals to what happened to them, to the trauma. Yeah, I talked to, there's a player that I was friends with and he had a concussion and six months later he was on the beach, just kind of hanging out with his family. And then the fog lifted. He's like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that I was living for the last six months. So they're scary. We hope that both of those players clear the protocol, but also do it in for real because it's scary. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Um, as we continue on our, our questions of guys (laughs) returning, uh, Tom Marks from Roseville, I have a a good friend that lives in Roseville. Uh, Dre Greenlaw and Robbie Gold are two injuries that aren't talked about much. What is their status? I know Kyle talked a little bit about Dre on uh, Wednesday, but what do you have for us on those two? Yeah, we haven't heard anything about Robbie Gold. Uh, I can't remember when his window opens because his injury happened couple weeks ago that was against so. seattle so he right. that game he was active so i that would make arizona his first week first game he missed um and then indianapolis will be his second and then this week will be his third so i think if my math serves me right which i'm not that great at it but it would be going into week nine that you could get him back if he is ready right. to return Mm-hmm. If he is. Yeah, we haven't seen him, haven't heard anything about him. So I think, you know, once his window is open, we'll we'll get more word on that. Uh, Dre Greenlaw has an outside chance to practice this week, but most likely it'll be the next week. Um, good thing is that George Kittle should be just about ready to come back and they definitely need him on the offense. Yeah, absolutely. They can definitely use a little boost uh, offensively with George's return. And I was actually, when I was chatting with Greg Pop, I brought him up earlier. Uh, We were looking at some of the guys uh, who have been contributors and the next highest guy on offense with George, obviously on IR, has been Mohamed Sanu. And I think if Brandon Ayuk just has maybe eight receptions for 96 yards, somewhere around there. So 49ers will definitely need some help, especially uh, with their pass catchers. And I think George Kittle is the guy that can definitely help out this offense. All right. I think we're done with all of our injury questions. Hopefully that Thank answered everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but as we, we begin to wrap this up a little bit, all right. Week eight, 49ers heading to Chicago. 
Uh, I would love to get your thoughts on this game. Do you see this as a game that the 49ers can bounce back? How do you see them matching up with Chicago? What's your thoughts on Justin Fields? I just want your overall assessment of this game and what you expect out of this 49ers team. From what they have shown over the past six games, this is a winnable game. And, you know, a lot of their games have been winnable, but really this one, especially I I would say all of them have been winnable. But if you look at, I think they're better than their stats, the Bears are, but I think there's a lot of points of opportunity for the 49ers to take advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Khalil Mack does not play, I think that plays huge in the 49ers' favor. I also think that the fact that Justin Fields, rookie quarterback, hmm, parallel, he's been having some ups and downs, which is what yeah. you would see if Trey Lance was back there. Now, you know they don't have, uh, they haven't been great in the running game. They haven't been great on the offense. Their running game has been stronger. But really, when you look at their offense, I think it's something where the 49ers can take advantage if they play without mistakes if they play not you know without mistakes but with less mistakes yeah they definitely have an opportunity to come out of chicago this podcast is sponsored by manscaped the official below the waist grooming partner of the 49ers try manscaped and get 20 percent off and free shipping with code 49ers at manscaped.com that's code 49ers for 20 percent off at manscaped.com yeah i think this is a fantastic opportunity for this 49ers team in particular, this 49ers defensive line to put up a better performance than they did uh, against Indianapolis, which I will say that uh, Indy has one of the best O-lines in the NFL. And uh, I know the 49ers are struggling to kind of generate a pass rush, but I think this is a game that you can really see um, 49ers put pressure on Justin Fields in this game. um, And I'm sure they're eager to do that. Um, But all right. The last question, which I feel like is the biggest, and I think a lot of fans are very intrigued with this one, uh, looking at where the 49ers are right now, you're two and four, um, you're third place in your division. Um, you're kind of looking up at the postseason. Um, I know it's like weird to talk about that when you're not even into week eight yet, but you're essentially, as of right now, about a game maybe two out of that seventh spot in the postseason. When you look at the big picture, not saying that it's that easy, just win a game, but you also have to face these teams like the bears and the Vikings. And uh, it's a couple of guys up there, but do you think (laughs) that this season is salvageable looking at this for the talent that the 49ers have on their roster, looking at the rest of their schedule, is this season salvageable where the 49ers are right now? It's going to be tough, but <laughs> it, you know, it, it's only, they've only played six games. There's yeah. 17 this year. So mm-hmm. there is time. There is a chance to turn it around. You never know what can happen. So of course, I mean, until they're like Kyle Shanahan said, until they're completely eliminated, which is going to be a long time that's when you maybe start putting a lot of rookies in there and playing them for experience, but that's not going to happen now. So, you know, teams that have won a lot of games could turn around and start losing a bunch of games. So you never know what's going to happen. You know, um, 
the 49ers have a lot of potential on the roster. They have a lot of talent. They have a lot of potential. If they can just pull it together and get into their groove, there's always a chance, right? Yeah. I, I, there's always a I, chance. You're saying there's, there's a chance. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance? Um, I, I look at one of the teams that kind of comes to mind as we talk about this is I feel like was it last year? or was the year prior, but I remember Seattle got off to a really rocky start. And then it was into that second half of the season. It was their defense. And into that second half of the season, it's like that defense kicked into overdrive and kind of was punching their way uh, near the top of the NFC West. I can't rem- I think they won the division last year. Was it them or the Rams? I can't remember. I try to forget much of 2020, but um, so I say that basically to say that, um, you know, it might've been a really sluggish out. start. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it might've been a sluggish start for the 49ers, but I think they need that, that really solid win. And when I say solid win, I say that because I don't know why, and I don't know if you feel the same way and maybe you guys listening too, but week one and week two, despite getting those wins, didn't really feel like wins. I'm not sure if it was because of some of the injuries the 49ers had to deal with. I'm not sure if it's because, you know, maybe week one, the Lions came back and they were scratching, uh-huh. you know, their way through that uh, Philly game. But those didn't really feel like wins. So I'm, I'm if this team can get that convincing win um, where they're just firing on all sides of the ball, maybe that can kind of jumpstart this team. And and I hope that begins in week eight, especially if they can go on a roll because you've got Arizona coming to town and that's not going to be a cakewalk for the 49ers. So you never know. Jennifer, you're saying there's a chance? (laughs) There is a chance. (laughs) But with that, that will do it for our You've Got Mail podcast. Uh, Jennifer Lee Chan with NBC Sports Bay Area. I appreciate you stopping by, chatting a little 49ers, maybe putting a little bit of our minds at ease with what the team is going with. But um, before I let you go, give me a good prediction for the weekend. I think that's a fun way to end this. Give me a good prediction. While you think, because I did put you on the spot with this one, I'll I'll, I'll go first. (laughs) I'll go first. My bold, well, it's not a bold, but my prediction, I'm saying at least two sacks for Nick Bosa. That's my prediction. I like that. I like that. I think think the 49ers D-line is better than Chicago's O-line. So there's mine. I like that. I also am going to say that Elijah Mitchell has another game over 100 yards. Ooh. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. My fantasy team may or may not like that a lot as well, but that's neither <laughs> here or there. But with that, Jen, I appreciate you stopping by. Uh, safe travels to Chicago, and uh, I'll catch you on game day, okay? Sounds good. Sounds good.